I'm Christy Goodman, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Preconception. Femtech to me is the future of women's health. Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus Podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto, and today's 100th podcast episode, we feature my interview with Christy Goodman, CEO and co-founder of Preconception. Preconception is an online and direct-to-consumer service that provides preconception testing for women planning to get pregnant. Preconception testing can help identify health risks that lead to complications during pregnancy. The results from that test can be used to improve the woman's health and the future pregnancy. The tests are recommended for every woman who is planning to get pregnant within the next 12 months. This is known as the preconception period. We have a special offer for our listeners. Go to preconceptiontest.com and use promo code FEMTECH for $50 off your test. That's FEMTECH at preconceptiontest.com. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Christy. Welcome to the show. Hi, Brittany. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, definitely. Um, Where are you calling in from? L.A., Los Angeles. Awesome. How is it feeling out there? There's been like crazy snow on the East Coast. Yeah, you know, it's actually pretty chilly here, but I'm originally from New York, so I understand that it's just California chilly. Yeah, (laughs) you're good. You're like, yeah, no, (laughs) stop. You're complaining. I know it real cold. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Um, Well, uh, this actually brings us into your background. Uh, You know, you were on East Coast and now you're in Los Angeles. Our listeners love to hear the backstory of our guests because oftentimes we don't, you know, get a degree in femtech. Somehow we just end up here. No. So uh, can you give us your backstory, where you're from? What did you study? Did you have a career before this? And then how did you end up starting Preconception? Yeah, definitely. So like a lot of femtech founders or founders in general, I guess, it was kind of a windy road uh, to find myself here. So I grew up in upstate New York in a really small rural area. Um, I had a single mother, so, you know, kind of your standard single mother upbringing. I didn't actually know anyone who owned their own company, probably until I went to college, if not after. And so entrepreneurship was definitely never something that was on my mind. Um, You know, the expectation, I think, was just going to college and getting a good job. And that was, you know, good enough. And so I got my undergrad degree in exercise science from the University of Buffalo. I had a um, minor in health and wellness, and I really always found women's health super interesting. I was originally going to college actually to do physical therapy, and um, about halfway through, really random story, one of my roommates took this like feminism women's health course, and she had the book, Our Bodies Ourselves. You might be familiar with it. And uh, yeah, I saw it. It's part of, uh, we're launching a book club, Femtech book club. I think it's part of the agenda. So yeah. Yeah, it's a great book. And I saw it and I was like, you know, it's huge, but I was like, that looks so interesting. Can I read that when you're done? And 
I just fell in love with women's health. I took the class the next term and I was like, that's it. Like I have to find some way to work in women's health. And so long story short, I ended up graduating and going to PA school to be a physician assistant. Uh, So I have my master's in science for that. And I also did a master's in public health and health education and behavioral science at the same time. Um, I graduated after eight years of school and I moved to California actually to do a postgraduate fellowship program in OBGYN for PAs. And so I did that. I worked at Planned Parenthood for a couple of years. I moved into the infertility realm. Um, And during my time in clinical practice is when I really started to understand that preconception care was almost non-existent. Mm-hmm. And I had worked, you know, by that time in several different areas, low income, high income, women of all different, you know, backgrounds and ethnicities. And the commonality was that none of them were getting preconception care. Um, often until they, you know, would be seen maybe for infertility. And at that point, they would get like the basic preconception tests. And, you know, that's way later than it should be. And so, I had this idea for years that, you know, someone should start this like direct consumer preconception testing startup at the time, you know, we were just starting to see direct consumer testing come up, come about companies like modern fertility and Everly well. And I was like, wow, this is like such an area that is being completely overlooked. And after a while, I was just like, no one's building this company. Should I build it? And I was like, I have no idea how to build a company, right? Like my background is in medicine and that's it. And so I took six months off, my boyfriend and I backpacked Southeast Asia. And during that time, I was like, I'm just going to try. Like, you know, if I can't figure it out, then I won't do it. And so I just literally took one step after the other and ended up working out. And here I am a couple of years later with like a fully functioning company. Whoa, (laughs) I love that story. Um, You know, I can relate a lot as a scientist myself. Um, when I had an idea for my first startup, I was like, who am I to start a company? Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I've never made a financial report. I no. <laughs> don't even know what my own personal budgets. Like, I don't, how do why? who's Mr. EBITDA? Like, I didn't know anything. And so, um, but guess what, listeners, you don't really need to know anything. <laughs> you just need to know the right questions to ask and the things to Google and the networks to be a part of and the people- yeah to keep around you, to help guide you. And, you know, and it's possible. Absolutely. Especially if you're a physician's assistant or you're a scientist, like we're problem solvers, we're data collectors, we're data analyzers and uh, hypothesis makers, conclusion makers. Right. And so that's all you really need. It's critical thinking. Um, so this is, this is really interesting. Uh, did you have any influence to want to start this company based on your own fertility journey, or was it really based on like viewing it through other women? No, it was just totally seeing it through other women. I am not in the place in my life where I want to have kids at this point. And so I get that question a lot and it was not, I honestly, to be honest, I think if it had affected me, I would have just found a way to get through it and it wouldn't have bothered me that much, but I was seeing it in literally hundreds of women. And I was like, there's a trend here. Like there is an absolute trend and this, like this, this is unacceptable and it needs to be fixed. Yeah. Um, what is preconception care? Tell me what stage <laughs> of life that is. And then like, why would you need it? And what does it look like? Yeah. Great question. So the preconception period is typically defined as the 12 months before you want to become pregnant. So this oh. is before you actually start trying to become pregnant. Um, you know, kind of in modern medicine, we're looking more at 
women's healthcare kind of as preconception care at any point before they become pregnant and not defining it just to those 12 months, but that's kind of the standard definition. And so the reason that it's important is that while a lot of women are young and healthy, there are several medical conditions that are very silent. Things like vitamin D deficiency, anemia, thyroid conditions, that you can be super healthy and have no idea you have unless you have the appropriate testing. And there's a lot of medical guidelines that you know define who should have this testing and when, but the one commonality is they all speak about the preconception period because there's very specific tests and very specific reasons. So as an example, um, if you have anemia before or during pregnancy, you're twice as likely to have a postpartum hemorrhage. That's a huge deal, right? Women die from postpartum hemorrhage. And so if you can just take very small steps, like having testing and you know getting the appropriate supplementation before you become pregnant, you absolutely can change the outcome of your pregnancy. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. Really quickly, because we do have lots of listeners that are not backgrounds in science and public health. So what's anemia and what's, did you say, um, not preeclampsia, that's not what you said. Um, oh, postpartum hemorrhage. Hemorrhage. Yeah. So can you yeah. talk about what those are? Totally. So anemia um, can actually be t- due to several nutrient deficiencies, but the most common one that's recognized is iron deficiency. So most women who are called anemic have an iron deficiency that's causing that, which means that it's really easy to fix. You just need to take more iron, whether that's eating more iron in your diet or taking a supplement. Um And postpartum hemorrhage is when you bleed excessively after delivery. So some bleeding is very normal, but after you get to a certain amount of heavy bleeding, it's considered a postpartum hemorrhage. And it can be really dangerous if you don't stop bleeding after delivery. Interesting. Quick question. Uh, I told you I was going to do this. (laughs) Get off of the questions I emailed you. Um, My sister just had a baby a few months ago and, um, (laughs) you know, it's really changed my mind about femtech because she was bleeding for three weeks and, you know, she's texting me, is this normal? And I'm like, I don't know. Right. And like, turns out it was just regular. Like you get your period for like three weeks after you give Mm -hmm. birth. But like, how does a woman know if she's hemorrhaging versus like, she's just having her period after, or are you talking about like the blood is so intense in the hospital only, or is it when she's home or can you tell me more about that? How do you know? Yeah. So, um, most postpartum hemorrhages happen directly after delivery. So, you know, depending on where you give birth, whether that's at home or in a birth center or a hospital, the midwife or a provider will be there to assess if it's too much bleeding, you know, they have an idea of what's normal and what's not, but you absolutely can actually have delayed postpartum hemorrhage due to things like a retained placenta or whatnot that can occur later. And so we usually tell women, if you're soaking, like really soaking one to two super pads in an hour. And that continues for at least two hours. You need to contact us. Got it. Wow. I'm learning so much. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my mother, she actually had two C-sections. And so she was like, I didn't even know you had your period afterwards. Cause I guess during the C-section, they just kind of clean it all out. Oh, okay. So yeah. She didn't even like, here we are three women, you know, one who's had two babies, one who interviews people with about vaginas all the time, you know, <laughs> like, and we didn't even know what was normal and what isn't normal. All right. So preconception 12 months prior to trying to get pregnant, uh, has to do with like vitamins and different supplements and stuff. Can you give us kind of a, um, a case study of, so you said the iron one, right? What are Mm -hmm. some other things that may cause infertility though, that like a woman should be mindful of those 12 months beforehand? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think a lot of the focus when women are thinking about pregnancy is, am I going to be able to get pregnant? That piece of like infertility. And I always try to 
change the mindset into not just can you get pregnant, but how healthy is that pregnancy going to be? Because it's not just a matter of can you get pregnant or not, but if you can do things to make yourself or your pregnancy healthier, that's really where preconception care comes in. And so there absolutely are some preconception tests that are related directly to infertility or you know difficulty conceiving. And one of those I mentioned earlier is um, TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone. So oh. thyroid is a really common cause of uh, reversible infertility in women of reproductive age. I actually, as an example, have no family history of a thyroid condition. And I you know, went to my naturopath and I had a thyroid condition. And so I'm a perfect example of someone who would have never known if I hadn't had the appropriate testing. And yeah. so that's really the goal of preconception care and specifically preconception testing is so that you never get to that place of infertility, right? Like we want to test and make sure that you're okay before you ever start trying to prevent you from going down that, you know, maybe several year time period where you are experiencing infertility only to find out that it could have very easily been prevented beforehand. Yeah. And so, yeah. Do men need preconception care? Um, Yes, I always recommend preconception care to everyone. So there's definitely evidence that shows that a man's a man's lifestyle before they attempt to conceive with their partner or, you know, if they're a sperm donor or whatnot, um, affects their sperm quality and quantity. And so we talk about things like, you know, not smoking, decreasing alcohol intake, improving your nutrition and diet, all the same things that we tell women. But typically the preconception testing is more specifically related to the woman because she's the one carrying the pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I just always like to make sure that, hey, men, we're incl- you need to take care of yourself. Totally. Because yeah. as a geneticist, I learned throughout schooling that like, um, it's oh, like men can have healthy babies till they're 80, like no issues, no issues. It's always <laughs> the woman, the woman, her eggs, and they're so old and chromosomal abnormalities. And then I got into uh, my PhD program and some new studies were coming out and they mm-hmm saw that actually men's age does matter. Totally. Um, it has to do with point mutations. And so most point mutations are due to men in their age. And that has to do with, you know, uh, you know, DNA stability in their sperm, but for women, it's the chromosomal, but it was like, we, for decades, we just always are like, ah, it's the woman's fault. That's ah, the woman. Oh, it's the woman. You know, like for centuries, they thought it was the woman who, uh, who decided if it was going to be a girl or a boy baby. And then like, someone finally discovered it was a sperm X or Y chromosome, you know, getting in there. And so it's like, listen up men. (laughs) Um, So tell me about your company preconception. How do you help women in this 12 month period? Yeah. So I started preconception because not only did I notice that women were not getting preconception testing before pregnancy, but I noticed that providers weren't offering it. And so like my own colleagues were not talking about this with their patients. And I was having so many women that I would see at the very beginning of their pregnancy, their first prenatal visit. And we detect these things like anemia or thyroid problems, or maybe they should have had a vaccine booster before pregnancy. And at that point, it's a little bit too late. Like not that you can't fix it in some ways, but you're kind of behind the ball. You know, a lot of organ development happens in the baby in the first eight weeks before a woman even knows that she's pregnant. And so some of these um, deficiencies or abnormalities in lab values actually can significantly affect the development of the baby. Um, And so I was like, Ooh, I just wish I had caught you a little bit earlier. And what I found was that women would say, Oh, well, I went to my doctor and they just told me to take a prenatal vitamin and I'd be fine. And I was like, 
and they didn't do any testing. No, they just said I was healthy. And I'm like, how can they tell that if they didn't do any testing? And sure enough, you know, I would talk to my colleagues and they'd be like, uh, well, I mean like preconception care. Yeah. But like, you know, women never really come to us before they get pregnant. Like there's so many unintended pregnancies and insurance doesn't cover that anyways. And so like, we don't even bother mentioning it. And I was like, what? Like talk about taking the power away from women. You're just making this decision for them. And so I started preconception so that women could get testing without the need for a doctor's visit. And so essentially what they can do, um, we're nationwide. And so a woman can go onto our website, order our essential preconception test package, which essentially includes the tests that are recommended for every single woman across the board before pregnancy. She can go to her like local Quest lab the same day, and then we get results within usually 48 to 72 hours. So instead of waiting weeks and weeks for a doctor's appointment, and then possibly having them just shut you down and say, you don't need testing, I'm not going to order anything. You can just take control and do it yourself. My gosh, I love it. And when did you launch this? So we officially launched actually just about a year ago. It was a year in January Amazing. before COVID. <laughs> yes. And how, how has it been going? So honestly, you know, this is my first company. I had no idea what I was doing when I launched. I knew the medicine part and I was really confident about that. And I have to say I was overconfident about the ability to scale a company very quickly. And then COVID happened. And, you know, you may or may not know this, but 30 to 50% of women have decided to postpone pregnancies because of COVID, which is not great for a preconception testing company. Um, So, I mean, we had some, you know, initial growth and then we had some spotty growth after that, some like really big months and really small months. And that's kind of how we're going right now. I, we've completely bootstrapped the company. We haven't raised any funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're really just, we're here to give it to women who want it. And we're just trying to, you know, slowly spread the word about the importance of preconception care. Definitely. And so, you know, you brought up insurance before with the doctor saying like, well, insurance doesn't even consider it real or blah, you know, like, yeah. um, do you offer, is there any insurance coverage for your test or, and is it at a price that's accessible for all women? So there's no insurance coverage currently with our testing, although that's definitely something we're looking into because we recognize that some of the women who most need preconception testing can't afford it out of pocket. Um, Our current test price is $199 for our essential test package. That includes nine tests, um, a 30-minute call with a preconception expert on our team, and we'll give you the information to send to your doctor if you want to review it with them as well. And so I have found from our feedback that it's accessible to most middle income people, I would say, but totally recognize it's not accessible to, you know, people of lower socioeconomic status. And so that's what we're really working on, trying to partner with employers or insurance companies to get this covered. Definitely. Yeah. So um, something that we work on a lot at Femtech Focus is accessibility and wondering how do we get women of all races, of all socioeconomic levels, access to the healthcare that they need because they're dying at disproportionate rates. And one of the things that keeps coming up for us in terms of like, what is the solution? It's passing Congress policies uh, that has Medicaid and Medicare covering these things, you know, because then the rest of the private insurance companies will then kind of come on board as well. And so I'm really excited about getting more and more uteri in the government because the more that they're there, the less, uh, you know, explaining we have to do as to why this is an important thing because they'll just know it, right? Like we're not, we are literally birthing taxpayers, right? to work like we should have healthy taxpayers right we should invest in that um so interesting 
And so, so they take, they order the test, they take the test, they get this 30 minute consultation. How do they know if you're like, they, you give them advice on like what they should be eating or doing, like, how do they know if it's improved? Yeah. So you can always retest. A lot of these parameters should have retesting anemia being a big one. Um, and so at this point, we've really launched with the idea that we're here to start the conversation on preconception care, but we do want you to follow up with your healthcare provider. And the feedback that we've gotten is when they have these tests beforehand, especially when there's an abnormality, they no longer get that, just take a prenatal vitamin and you'll be fine. The providers are like, oh yeah, you're right. There is something you should do. Let's have a conversation about it. Yeah. And so um, we really encourage people to have their follow-up with healthcare providers if it's abnormal and do repeat testing there. But in the future, we definitely would love to do that like through our own platform and have everything kind of in-house. Totally. Do you think that it's going to um, increase the health of babies? Absolutely. There's evidence that you can decrease the miscarriage rate. You can decrease rates of infertility, decrease rates of things like ADHD and autism, premature births, preeclampsia. All of those have been shown um, specifically related to certain preconception tests and the, the results of those. Wow. And what about like um, if a woman's already on some kind of prescribed medication and she doesn't know that it you know, is not good for early development of a fetus? Like, is that something that your company like is bringing awareness to or like asks in some way when she gets the test done? Yeah, we don't ask anything about that now. Although I will say during our 30 minute calls, I get a lot of women who, you know, don't just want to talk about their test results um, and often want to talk about other areas of preconception care. And so we totally do that. I always recommend the website Mother to Baby. They have a great resource about, um, medication before pregnancy. It's from the organization of teratology information specialists, I think. And so they have a great website and I think they do an amazing job. So I always recommend they go there. But again, we really encourage them to speak with their healthcare provider because yeah. there's so many nuances on risks and benefits of medication before pregnancy. Um, we have a podcast called the Preconception Podcast, and we actually did do an episode on the most common medications that women take before pregnancy, though. We spoke with a couple of pharmacists and, you know, tried to guide women in that way. So we do some education in our podcast as well. I love it. That's why your mic sounds so good. <laughs> Um, I actually was interviewed by a journalist the other day and um, we finished the interview and she said, wow, this is like just so important. I love femtech. This is fantastic. And she told me this story of how she is on a certain kind of chronic illness medication. She went to her specialist said, hey, I'm going to start trying to get pregnant. Do I need to do anything different with my meds? And he said, no, just like, let me know, like when you get pregnant and we might change it then, but you're fine. And she got pregnant like within two weeks. Like it was like this crazy thing. Like she immediately got pregnant, called up the doctor, was like, I got pregnant. And he was like, oh no, like I thought that it would take you a lot longer. So actually we need to like change all your meds. And she was like, I literally just asked you like less than a month ago. And he was like, yeah, but I assumed that it would take you like six months to a year to get pregnant. So, um, and she's like, what? It makes no sense. That makes absolutely no sense. You're, you're not the godfather of my uterus, like uterus, like what, how did you, we're going to predict that. And, you know, um, and just because it was like, we were running out of time, you were like, well, she'll be back for her update appointment. We'll talk about it then, you know, it's crazy. So that's kind of why I was asking that as well. Yeah. Um, Stories like that killed me. I, honestly, like I could tell you a hundred thousand stories just like that. And it's so upsetting. It's so upsetting. 
Um, because women are trying so hard, right. To be responsible, to like take control of their health. And they're relying on these people that you're supposed to be able to trust, to give you good information. And they are failing women like all the time. And, you know, I say this as a healthcare provider myself, like we do a really bad job in certain areas of women's health and preconception care is absolutely one of them. (laughs) I feel like I have a job because we do a really bad job in most of it, but yes, (laughs) Also preconception care, because that's not even, I mean, I guess I could call it potentially maternal health, but I mean, I don't even have in the, the, the talks I give the documents we create, the research we do, I don't even have that as its own category preconception care. Right. So like, even I'm like ignorant to that, even being so that important. Um, wow. What are some of your future goals for your company? Great question. So we actually just got our plus test package approved. And so I mentioned earlier that our essential test package are the ones that are recommended for everyone kind of baseline. Um, Our plus test package has some of the ones that are recommended for certain women in high risk categories. And so these might be women who of certain ethnicities that have higher rates of certain medical conditions, um, women who are maybe overweight or obese or have chronic medical conditions. And so what we've developed that I'm super excited about that we'll be launching in the next few months is our second test package that along with an algorithm that we've developed that essentially you can put in your health information and it will populate which preconception tests are recommended for you. And so we're super excited about that. I love it. And so can you tell us a little bit more about what factors go into that? Because I think a lot of times people, again, pre-pandemic, I think there was this horrible bias that everyone gets the self same health care. Everyone has the same health risks right? And now all of a sudden we're like, wait a second, like what's happening? And so, you know, but people like you and I are like, yeah, we've been talking about this, like women's healthcare. It's not the same as men's healthcare, black healthcare is not the same as white healthcare. So can you tell us what are some of the factors that actually go into uh, a, a pregnancy being high risk or not? Yeah. So, um, there are a lot of factors that go into it. Um, the first two, I guess, biggest ones can be things like age and chronic medical conditions. And so, um, as well as actually race and ethnicity. Um, and, you know, that's a whole conversation about why that is, but the data is there to support that certain eth- ethnic groups or racial backgrounds um, have higher rates of certain pregnancy complications. And so we've taken all of that data and the national guidelines and we've compiled it into this like quiz format. And so as an example, if you're someone who's 30 or older, you're at higher risk of having a thyroid problem and diabetes. And so that testing is recommended for you before conception. Um, if you're at, if you're a black woman, you're at higher risk of having some, you know, something like sickle cell. And so genetic carrier screening, which is genetic testing before pregnancy would be recommended. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think here off the top of my head. If you are someone who avoids the sunlight or lives in Northern climates, you're at higher risk of vitamin D deficiency. And so you'd want to be tested for vitamin D before pregnancy. So it takes into a lot of different factors, pretty much everything like social, um, personal family history as well. If you have a history of someone with like a thyroid problem or diabetes, high cholesterol, then you're someone who wants to be tested for those things as well. You ask them for their zip code. How do you know where they live? Yeah. So we, um, on our quiz, we actually have this map that's like colored in and the areas that are at high risk for vitamin D deficiency. And so we ask you to, you know, pinpoint where you live based on that map. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Okay. Cause I was thinking, what if you also, if you asked for a zip code and you actually were able to publish a white paper or something that showed like risks 
and testing done, you know, anonymize all the data, but then you mm-hmm. have the zip codes and it's like, if we needed any more, you know, research showing this, like, look at where you live affects your health. Right. But yeah. that's me just being that's a great idea. I'm <laughs> setting up an experiment in my mind. Um, <laughs> uh, so this has been awesome. I think that obviously, like I said before, women's health is everyone's health. We're not just birthing women. We don't just live with women. We need to prioritize preconception health for women because it's also about the baby's health, right? Totally. So um, I have two last questions that our listeners love. The first one is, if someone wanted to start a femtech company, what's an area in women's health and wellness that you think still needs innovating? Well, the preconception arena, for sure. Um, I would be happy to have any other players in, in this space. I'm all about, you know, community over competition. And so this is a space that is 100% still left out. We're the only direct-to-consumer preconception testing company out there currently. Um, and so that's definitely one. Honestly, I was thinking about this question beforehand, and there's so many areas, it's hard to pick one. Um, one other area that's kind of niche, but that I've found in my clinical practice Uh, has some deficiencies is also cervical cancer screening. And so while a lot of women understand that they need to get PAPs every so often and whatnot, there's really poor tracking of those results. And a lot of people don't really understand that the recommendation for, for future screening actually has to do with your prior screening tests. And so what happens is, you know, people switch insurances and doctors and all of that. And we often don't have access to their, their prior screening tests. And when you get it, it oftentimes can completely change uh, the outcomes of your screening and which tests you order and whatnot. And so I think there's got to be a better way of collaborating and collecting all of this data. You know, we have like vaccine um, banks now where you can like, you know, put your vaccine data. And I think there should be something like that for PAPS as well. So if anyone's interested in cervical cancer screening, I think that's a great area to pursue. Oh, I love that. And maybe for breast cancer too, like a centralized data bank of all of your stuff. And maybe some really smart person makes it blockchain enabled. So it's super secure and like, you know, but you're able to um, quickly, I know electronic medical records are getting better and better, but something that kind of prioritizes women's health. I know there's a company called eggs chain and they're using blockchain to track donated eggs and sperm because uh, right now it's like literally like markers on the side of a tube and then it gets put in a freezer and they're like, okay, we tracked it. And it's like, ah, we're in 2021 using <laughs> notes to track eggs is like probably could use them updating. So, um, yeah, the cervical cancer, breast cancer database, that would be, that would absolutely be important. Um, and then the last question we have is, uh, what do you think the femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now in order to be successful? More funding. Uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of front facing. I don't even know what to say about it. But there's a lot of people who, uh, on the outside, say, "Yeah, we support women. We support femtech. You know, we support people of color." And when it comes right down to it, like the data just isn't supporting that. Like you're not actually supporting them. You know when when you're looking at female companies, you're still looking at them with a different lens and you're not giving them the funding that they need. And having a bootstrapped company, it's hard, right? Like you have to work a different job and do your company. You just can't grow as fast. And while there's some freedom in bootstrapping, um, you know, we were actually the only company to my knowledge that is a direct consumer testing company that launched without funding, which I was super proud of, 
but like investors weren't that impressed with. And I was like, I did it without you guys. Like, shouldn't that be impressive? You know? Um, but because of that, we didn't have the same marketing budget that some of these other companies had to compete, you know, with them. And luckily we don't have competitors that are in our draft space, but it just makes it really hard to grow an array and like help the number of women that you want to, because that's my ultimate goal. Like I never wanted to grow a femtech company. That was not my goal. Like I don't care about the money. It's really about like giving women access yeah. to these tests because they're not getting it. And that's like my, my only goal, but obviously investors look at things like growth and whatnot and revenue. And they're so focused on the numbers. And I just don't think there's enough investors that um, one, like are social investors and two, are really able to separate the founder and like their background from the investment strategy. We know that men get more uh, money and they're less successful than women. And so that tells me that there's still a mismatch when you're, when you're looking at that. 100%. I'm just over here. Like my neck's going to start hurting, <laughs> nodding so intensely because um, my experience with uh, investing, being a VC myself and working with investors, having been a founder who fundraised, investing is half logic, so numbers, and half intuition. And so if you look like me, I'm a little bit more inclined. If you're solving a problem I have, I'm a little bit more inclined. Like there's something inside of me, my energy says, wow, this is a really important, big problem. So femtech faces this issue of usually there's not many vulvas in the room to say, yes. I had that problem, right? Or like, yeah, I'm gonna, I wanna share about it in this room of angels, you know, and like talk about my menstrual cycles being so intense and whatever, right? And so there's like mm -hmm. this lack of momentum in the room because there's this lack of like intuitive, like, yeah, this is a big problem that everyone wants to solve. Um, and so what happens is that we, I think we do actually have a bunch of funds wanting to do femtech stuff, but they're waiting for, the company to prove out the traction, um, you know, because they're like, well, I don't really believe the market's there, but if you prove me wrong with revenue, like then I'm down because then it's just business. But what we need is those early stage investors that are yes. like, you don't have traction yet because you don't have my money. And I know the traction will come because I know this is an issue, right? Like that's the no man's land we have to fill up. Um, and I'm actually really excited. I think women are the ones that are going to step up and step into that because the, you know, millions of women that are high net worth and credited investors, especially in the US that have had, you know, um, fertility issues or they're having menopause issues or they've had endometriosis issues. They're going to be, that intuition is going to be so strong. And um, I hope that we can start getting them into the investment game because the more we get women into investing, the less we have to beg men to fund us. Yeah, it's, it's a night and day when I talk with investors who are women and men, and really the only men who seem to get it are the ones whose, you know, partners had problems, right? Like they had some kind of negative pregnancy outcome, like a miscarriage or infertility or something like that. And they're like, well, like this would have been really helpful to have before we started trying to conceive, you know, before we went down that journey. The other ones are like, women just get pregnant and it's fine. <laughs> Yeah. They're like the doctors, right? Just take a prenatal vitamin and you'll be fine. And I'm yeah. like, no, that's not true. And, you know, the U.S. has the highest rate of maternal mortality of any developed country in the world. And when you look at what other countries are doing, like Australia, as an example, has a huge precon preconception um, program going on right now. We have nothing like that in the U.S. The CDC put guidelines out in 2006, has not updated them since. And honestly, no one really followed the guidelines when they came out about preconception care. And so it was like, 
I was like, yes, there's guidelines on this, but what the hell? No one's following them. Like, did anyone else read this document? Am I the only one? Like, yeah. So. How do you feel about uh, CME? So continue medical education for doctors, because that's something we think about at Femtech Focus a lot. Like, what if uh, you got your medical degree 20 years ago and now there's all these FDA approved Femtech things? Like, how are we going to make sure they get into the office? So that's something you are passionate about with preconception care? Totally. Yeah. I mean, CME is something that most healthcare providers have to do. They have to do a certain number of hours to get recertified or relicensed or whatever it is. Um, and the good providers are the ones who like really watch. They don't like put it on and then like go do something else. Yeah. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, it's like the good providers are the ones who are already up, up to date on these things. They're already looking at what's in the media. They're already looking at what's coming up. And so it's somehow reaching the people who maybe aren't as up to date and, you know, maybe perceive that they don't have the time to like learn about new things, uh, reaching them. And I struggle, you know, even as a coworker of, or a colleague of these people, like, how do I educate them in a way that like reaches them, right? Like, it's a struggle, but I think CME is a great way to, to reach people. Um, and then, of course, there's the old school, like going to their office if you have a device and literally being like, here, try this. <laughs> have your patients try this. Yes, yes. Well, if you come up with any ideas for campaigns, we're your partner because we're very passionate Absolutely. about this. Definitely. Well, this has been so much fun. You are amazing. I learned a ton of information today and I love, love, love seeing scientists, uh, physician assistants, doctors taking matters in their own hands and starting a company. Cause you know what? You can do it. We can do this. You know, um, I'm so excited for you. This is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm always happy to talk about preconception. I could literally go on for days about the importance of it. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I hope this was educational for everyone. Thank you for listening to my interview with Christy Goodman, CEO and co-founder of Preconception. If you're planning to get pregnant within the next 12 months, then be sure to go to preconceptiontest.com and use promo code FEMTECH for $50 off your order. That's FEMTECH at preconceptiontest.com. Alrighty, Fem fans, please join our Femtech Focus virtual community and subscribe to our newsletter at femtechfocus.org. In our virtual community, you can become a Fem Pro member for only $10 a month and get access to our library of recorded Femtech content, including the Femtech Summit that just passed. You get also free tickets to Femtech Fundamental Events, which is a bi-weekly webinar series that we put on to help founders build, launch, and succeed. Femtech Focus also has Monday night podcast listening parties, a Femtech book club, and weekly office hours on Clubhouse. There's a lot going on, so be sure to subscribe to our newsletter so you can stay up to date. Also, please consider setting up a recurring donation to Femtech Focus since we are a 501c3 nonprofit and rely on your donations to operate. Okay, Fem fans, until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness. (laughs) 